In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus makes provisions for those who have nothing. In a desolate place, the peoples gather to him. In sickness, his compassion brings them healing. In hunger, he feeds them. Jesus creates from nothing. It's how the world came to be in the first place. So it's no tall order to feed the more than 5,000 people from five loaves and two fish. The miracle is hardly that God has multiplied so much from so little. Rather, it is that so little is necessary to satisfy so many. This is the lesson which the disciples will come to learn, that from the humble hand of Jesus comes an impossible abundance to satisfy many people. And with the gracious leftovers, we can say that Jesus provides for all people what is their need. Jesus has not only come for Israel, but the world over. Gentiles also find their manna, their heavenly food, from the hand of God. What illustrates this well is the text itself. When the day is over and the dinner bell should disperse the more than 5,000 followers, Jesus begins it anew and blesses five loaves and two fish such that they multiply in abundance. And together with the crowds, uh, they eat and are satisfied. He fills their bellies with food and their hearts with this miracle. Now, what should not be overlooked is how they come to Jesus. Like the disciples were called away, leaving behind what they had to follow Jesus, so also do the people abandon their towns to pursue him. They go out in the spirit of Jesus' charge to his disciples as he sends them out, take nothing for the journey. In reckless fashion, they enter the desolate place with no provisions. They wander a desert land which holds only the promise of being in the presence of Jesus. And that is all they need. In their need of Jesus, they don't consider the cost. Only that they and their wives and their children and their sick need Jesus. Jesus alone was enough for the many. His compassion for the great crowds swept over him such that he provided a meal in which carried also God's blessing. In the desolate place, the Christ made provisions for those who had nothing. Today it would seem that there are hardly any desolate places. Man has reached and touched every possible, viable, and suitable place worth visiting. And where desolate places still exist, Jesus is unlikely the one any visitor is seeking out. What we witness today is how mankind flees from the presence of Christ back to the villages and towns of commercial comforts. In a sort of Christ flight, man flees from the church back to the world, and while there, he takes every precaution of the culture, acclimating as a yes man, and while losing himself, his wife and children and the sick are left behind also. Man forsakes God and turns rather to the compassion of sinners, and as a bottomless pit, he hungers for the pleasures 
of temptable things. As the prophet Nathan said to King David, he says to us all, you are the man. In sin, we forsake the abundance that comes from Christ and convince ourselves that we are content with the rations of men, the limited, faulty, and hunger-inducing rations of men. Husbands once brought their wives and children to Jesus. Now we see them retreat from such boyish ways, away from the shadows of their church-going fathers or grandfathers, to instruct their family in a new generation of little or no Christian faith. The sick also have been turned away from Jesus. They've turned away from Jesus because he holds no medical degree, no science to save your life. What he offers is forgiveness and eternity. And what good is that compared to health, wealth, and happiness? What good is Jesus if in this life all we do is suffer and die? In the many questions of life, what are we here for? rises to the top. Are we here for ourselves, or has Jesus placed us here to dwell among us? He delights to be among us. He delights to feed and clothe, to redeem, and will return once again among us in a new heaven and earth. And while, and if while we wait for his deliverance from suffering and death, with only complaints for our God to hear, we have not truly considered that in his life, all that Jesus did was suffer and die so that we could have an abundant life, that is, an eternal life. We do better to pray, praise, and give thanks for the gift that dwells among us than for our miseries, which will come to an end and are not eternal. Life in a fallen world, therefore, holds no promises. But a life lived through faith holds to the promise that in Christ, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. If there were a refrain worth repeating from today's text, it would be when Jesus said of the hungry crowd, they need not go away. They need not go away. No words here better illustrate the gospel than Jesus' insistence to provide for those who are without. In fact, they need not go away into the villages and buy food because if they do, they may get only that. In a short time, we hope to see Purdue's campus filled with students whom our ministry absolutely loves to serve. However, the best of Purdue is something the student cannot pay for. If you insist on what you pay for, you may get only that. To especially the students, but applicable to us all, there are some things that you get here not because you have paid for them, but because they are given to you. Let it all be gift, your bread, your fish, everything, into the hands of Jesus. Then from his hands, gifts that grow more and more beyond any sort of calculation, any sort of calculation of what we believe is owed to us, or what is enough. Jesus doesn't stop at what is enough. What Purdue and all universities, quite frankly, sell is a commodity of your ability to be hired based on a degree you earn and some other niceties like experience, if you have any, and a personality, if you have any. What they cannot give you and what you can only receive here in the heart of campus 
at University Lutheran is word and sacrament. Gifts at no cost, but of great worth. It's not too much to imagine that of those who left everything to follow Jesus into the desolate place, there were those who had more uh, than others and others who had less than the least. Yet they were not divided by their health or their wealth or their happiness. They were seated together around Jesus. The food they received from Jesus brought satisfaction. Presumably there were those who ate less than others and others still who had more than most. In short, they need not go away for Jesus had what each needed. In this place, here, Jesus has what you need. You need not go away. Jesus' hands bear the marks of Calvary for you. Your hands do not bear these marks. My hands do not bear these marks. Israel and the Gentiles alike, their hands do not bear the marks. Neither have they shed their blood for salvation. Jesus alone has done it for all. Recorded in the gospel here is a gospel of plenty. Yes, of bread and fish, but also grace upon grace. The abundance lies not only in the food, but the blessing which fills the people's heart. And they're filling their heart with Jesus. The miracle here is also that many become one in Jesus. That is what fellowship truly is. That many who gather around Jesus are of one doctrine and faith. This is the blueprint of how the Christian church ought to practice fellowship. That is the fellowship you see practiced at this altar in Holy Communion. The many gather around Jesus in one doctrine and faith. We confess with many voices the same truth, that what is received is bread and wine, but also very truly Christ's real body and Christ's real blood, that I eat and drink, for as Jesus says, these things give me the forgiveness of sins. Ultimately, this is the point that Jesus is making in his feeding narrative, in the feeding narrative and uh, amongst the crowd, to anticipate from him a food that forgives our sin because we are filled with the flesh and blood of our Savior. To find in this miracle that Jesus is the foretaste of heaven to come and to go wherever he is present. You need not go away then. As you are in the fellowship of this altar, take, eat, take, drink, Christ's body and blood given for you. And for those of you not yet of this fellowship, for those of you who are outside of this fellowship of this altar, you too need not go away. As Jesus blessed the food and gave it to his disciples to give to the people, so he has also charged his pastors to teach you his doctrines and strengthen you in your faith that you would one day enter into the fellowship of this altar. So when you reflect about this text, when you reflect upon, about this miracle today, no matter how you see your place here at University Lutheran, remember this. Jesus has an abundance of all you need to be satisfied. Where Jesus is, is fed, and where Jesus is fed to you, you will be satisfied. Isaiah puts it this way, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 
Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. Amen.